Welcome to Mission Revive, a podcast dedicated to hope and healing through God's transforming love, where your hosts, anchored in truth and armed with faith, are changing the world and reviving hearts with Jesus, one conversation at a time. Hi, welcome to this episode of the Mission Revive podcast. I'm Bob Newberry. I am a board member of Revive Hope and Healing Ministries, a collection of Catholic apostolates impelled by the Holy Spirit. My partner, as always, for today's podcast is Ann Costa, founder and executive director of Revive Hope and Healing Ministries. Welcome, Ann. Thanks, Bob. It's so great to have Carol Pushaver with us today. She is one of our own. She's the leader of uh, the St. Michael's Ministry, one of the ministries under the umbrella of the Revive Apostolate. It's an important ministry because we know that we need a strong power against some of the powers and principalities, and that's St. Michael. So, Carol, come on. We're great to have you join us. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. It's good to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you've been really busy planning for events and we've got some about. good I hope please some good things coming up. I'm excited about and I yeah. hope they turn out well. Sure. Mm-hmm. Can you tell uh, can you tell us about some of these? Sure. Uh we're hoping in April of twenty twenty four to host a world-renowned Michaelite father, Father Piotr Krusikiewicz of Warsaw, Poland. His mission, if you will, is to go around preaching about St. Michael. And this is a St. Michael retreat that he's going to be hosting uh, for two days in April, uh, speaking as as part of the homily during Mass, the investiture in the St. Michael scapular, Uh, praying the chaplet together, Eucharistic healing hour, and so much more. Additionally, we're planning, uh, just had a meeting yesterday, planning for the first annual St. Michael essay contest among high school upperclassmen. This is to get them uh, thinking about St. Michael. Who is he? How does he relate in their day-to-day lives? So, and uh, a lot more in the pipeline, hopefully, uh, my wish list and so on. Yeah. And we and you in your other in your second book came out. And the yes. title of that is The St. Michael Chaplet, a divine catechesis on the angels and gifts of heaven. Wow, that is such a powerful uh chaplet, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, St. Michael himself revealed it uh, to a Carmelite religious in 1751, and he attached some extraordinary promises to it. A hundred years later, Blessed Pope Pius IX indulgence the prayer. And uh, it's really remarkable because the insights that St. Michael gives us about the angels, the Pope in essence ratified. So that really expanded our understanding of the angels. Can you talk a bit about some of those insights, Carol? Oh, goodness. Um, After the introductory prayers, you have the nine salutations, which correspond to the nine 
choirs of angels from the highest rank to the lowest. So St. Michael begins with a salutation to the seraphim who dwell closest to the throne of the divinity. And the salutation to them is by the intercession of St. Michael and the celestial choir of seraphim. May the Lord make us worthy to burn with the fire of perfect charity. And incidentally, the inspiration for this book came about one Sunday morning when I was just contemplating, what is perfect charity? What does perfect charity look like? And the, the thing that came to mind was the searing image of Christ on the cross. Um, a holocaust, both in spiritual and physical terms, a total, total consuming of oneself. And it's interesting because the seraphim, which is plural of seraph, means the burning ones. So the connection with the fire, with the fire of perfect love, that whole concept there of, of burning and consuming entirely just, just works so perfectly. And and the next one down is a cherubim. These are typically viewed as, as custodial angels and watch. Watch angels at gates of paradise, the Ark of the Covenant, and the prayer to them is by the intercession of St. Michael and the celestial choir of seraphim. May the Lord vouchsafe to grant us the grace to leave the ways of wickedness, to run in the paths of Christian perfection. Mm -hmm. And who better to have overlooking those paths than the cherubim? And on and on it goes. Wow. You know, I, as I'm thinking, as I'm listening to you and I always, always learn every single time we talk about St. Michael from you, how important it is that we're doing, you're doing these events because people don't know a lot about St. Michael and certainly the young people, they do not know because we've taken that St. Michael prayer kind of out of the vernacular yeah. of everything that we do, like what used to be pretty much in the forefront. That's I think right. it's great that those two events will really do uh, engaging people into learning more about him, I sure especially so. the young people. Yeah. So our goal, your goal is that we're going to start this. It's going to happen uh, probably not until next fall, but we're going to be gearing up. I'm talking about the 24 to the fall of 2024, right? For the essay contest That's and right. the spring we'll have, you'll have the event at St. Daniel's is going to be at St. Daniel's in um, St. Daniel and Lincourt in Syracuse for the St. Michael mission. Right. Yes. So we're going to fill, we're going to bookend, we're going to do bookends next year of St. Michael uh, events as we, as you start to get, get the word out. And I know you're also going to be at the women's conference coming up in, in our area. Yes. And yes. you can go to any women's conference. You'd probably love an invite to any kind of women's conference across the country, right? To, to have yeah. your, yeah, that would be awesome. The, the, the whole goal for you really is to get that word out, to know who he is That's and right. the angels. The, the bedrock of this ministry is a, is the acronym R-A-I-D, which is to raise awareness and increase devotion uh, to St. Michael. And this is by way of expounding on divine providence that's not leaving us in the lurch in these dark times. And also it's a message of hope, um, which is I think is important because when you look at disasters and 
everything across the world, uh, it's important to keep your hope and to keep your peace. And knowing that we have an invincible champion on our side, uh, I think I think helps that out a lot. Yes, yes. And uh, we're going to be airing this in September and uh, this month. And we have a couple of feast days coming up as well to celebrate, uh, right? Absolutely. Can you uh, talk about those? The Feast of St. Michael. Well, actually, the Feast of the Guardian Angels uh, occurs on September 29th. Uh, I think there was some question about, we celebrate the three archangels here, namely Saints Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. Um, prior to Vatican II, they each had their own individual feasts, but these were um, subsequently combined into one feast of the archangels on September 29th. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention the Feast of the Sweetheart Guardian Angels, which is October 2nd. Um, I uh, I believe with the Archangels, the feast was consolidated into one uh, in recognition of St. Michael as, as the prince of the angel hosts. Um, it's interesting. Um, there, there are seven archangels, and we believe this to be so based on the Old Testament book of Tobit, in which the archangel Raphael uh, takes the forefront of the action. And he tells, tells us that he is one of seven angels who stand in the glorious presence of God, always ready to serve him. So again, we, we take it from this that there are seven. However, uh, based on the canonical books of the Bible, which were officially designated by the Council of Trent in the year 1546, there are only three archangels named in these books, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. The other four are relegated to the apocryphal works, um, and we tend not to invoke them with the primary three. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's helpful. That, I was I was always wondering about that. I knew there were more. They each have a role. Can I ask you, is Saint are are the are the archangels present at every mass? Do we know? Is uh, Saint Michael at least? You know what? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, but I believe a host of angels are present. For one thing, mm -hmm. everyone who's in attendance, their guardian angels are right there at their side. Okay. And angel host, whether there are people there or not are always in attendance on the Blessed Sacrament. It's interesting, the first Eucharistic prayer um, after the consecration says, we pray that your angel may take these gifts to your heavenly throne. I, I believe that's St. Michael, who is revered as the guardian of the Holy Eucharist. Of the Holy Eucharist, yes. Yes. So again, he is really important in this year of the Eucharist to understand his 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 guardianship over that and there's a lot of um threat to the eucharist uh yeah every, every I time i go every time i go to adoration i'm usually alone with the good lord because it's a late hour but i'm ever so mindful that saint michael is right there you know? that's awesome uh, well, as an aside uh an anecdote i came across about these seven archangels and how they came to be archangels sort of a promotion there, was at the moment that uh, Satan rebelled 
against God. These seven were quick to recognize what was going on, and they immediately flew to the throne of, of God as a defensive barrier, guarding, uh, not that he needed it, but the good Lord against the sacrilege that was unfolding. And their reward was sort of like this recognition. I don't know how true that is, but I came across that in literature and thought that was charming. Yeah. It is. I, I have a question. I noticed that uh, the U.S. bishops, I'm going to go back to the uh, um, uh, discussion about the Eucharist. The, the uh, I think a Pew Research study came out maybe four or five years ago that talked about how 70% of, uh, of Catholics don't um, embrace the the idea of the of the real presence of Christ in the in the Eucharist, and uh, as a result, the the uh, U.S. Catholic bishops initiated, uh, I guess uh, it's, they call it Eucharistic revival, and that's kind of bubbled or, or sifted down, so that uh, the the diocese has evolved as some things, and in, in our local parish is involved with some. Uh, uh, just providing opportunity for people to get a better understanding of, in fact, Christ is present in the Eucharist. Okay, well, um, what are the implications of that for uh, if if Saint Michael is, uh, forgive me, uh, the the title one of the titles you just used to describe him was the. Uh, of the Eucharist, guardian, guardian, guardian of the Eucharist. I'm sorry. Um, well, if 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 there's no recognition of the real presence, then there's certainly no recognition of of the reality of Saint Michael huh, as the guardian of that. Um, well, that the Eucharist. I, I just wonder what your thoughts are on, on that. That certainly follows and makes sense. One of the I don't know, catalyst for this ministry is I, I think most people are not aware of or don't believe in an angels except for Christmas time when we have Christmas card and angel ornaments, right. which I find very sad and, and tragic. I mean, they are such an important part of our faith and right there in the catechism and, and the good Lord says in the, in the good new Testament and these marvelous beings from the moment of our birth are at our side, you know, always praying for and accompanying us on the journey of life and that we totally disregard them. Um, but yes, St. Michael. So absolutely. I, I, you know, as, as I, uh, as I listen to you, um, I'm, I'm involved with some leadership on, in our parish of uh, Eucharistic revival. There's absolutely no discussion about St. Michael. And and I'm thinking as I listen to you, what a loss! And uh, and we need to we need to change that, you know. Um, so uh, you'll be hearing from me. Yeah, I was gonna say it's you need to have okay. Carol come out there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, because you know, one of the points I wanted to make is I think we can establish that there's a a collaboration between Saint Michael, the Blessed Mother, and the Guardian Angels. Um, and chiefly, what I'm thinking there is at the hour of our death, okay, which is so critical a moment. But 
but the Blessed Mother and St. Michael, of course, are in attendance at the Blessed, Blessed Eucharist. I have to believe that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. He is really a companion to her. They're like companions. Spiritual. Yes. You know, she is the queen of heaven. Um, and, and not to take anything away from her, but I think he is he's so eager to serve her and to do her bidding. And I think he's the one that gets down in the trenches, you know. I hope so. Because <laughs> we're in the so. trenches. We're definitely in the trenches. Yes. You know, when you were when you were talking about the guardian angel, I am one of those people that probably doesn't spend enough time thinking at all or praying to or acknowledging and and um you know we know that the angels are it they're they're spirit That's they're right. not they're not body they're they're entirely spirit but they're of extremely high intellect uh, uh they're enlightened in their under knowledge so they have this knowledge that they use for the good, whereas opposed to the demons also have the same kind of knowledge because they're fallen angels, but they use it for the bad, right? I so, wouldn't say their knowledge is on par with the angels because they are fallen, but okay. they do have, yes, okay. like a bond of knowledge. So the angels of light, the, the real ones, the, the ones in heaven, um, yes. they can help us in every aspect That's right. of our lives. You know, a remarkable insight came to me as I was reflecting on 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 my book. You now Jesus says, "Don't don't disparage one of these little ones because they have angels who always look upon the face of God, and those are the angels that accompany us in life." So just think of it. At the same time, they have they enjoy the beatific vision. They're holding us in in their loving custody. What? what a what a divine circle if you will yeah it does it helps you to really feel how much god loves us that he would designate Absolutely. you know that he would and wants to be with us you know we know he wants to be with us in the eucharist you know but that he's he's constantly trying to attend to us that he's giving us help all it's the time spiritual being yeah yeah Gosh, I never thought of it like that. See how this works? I love talking about this because it's real. And when we go to heaven, we're going to see St. Michael, God willing. I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Has anybody ever seen St. Michael? Has there been any apparitions of St. Michael? Oh, gosh. Yes. Uh, in fact, I was privileged to go to the site of the first one or one of the first ones uh down in the south and east of italy the saint michael's cave mont sant'angelo mm. this is a series of apparitions that started in 498 a.d yeah okay can you talk about that there are several uh stories about how this all originated the most famous being that a hunter or i'm sorry a nobleman was out and one of his prized bulls ran off into this cave. And the hunter, I'm sorry, the nobleman, uh, kind of saw him there and kneeling. And for some reason, he shot an arrow at the bull, which turned around and came back at him, which doesn't usually happen. 
So he consulted with the local bishop, and evidently there was some communication between St. Michael and the bishop, and it came to be known that there was this cave that St. Michael had consecrated to himself. Um, in fact, it's the only altar that has not been consecrated by human hands because St. Michael consecrated it himself. And this cave is designed to be a refuge for sinners, to find forgiveness for their sins and, and peace with uh, the Almighty. It's, it's, it's <clears throat> cave is kind of surrounded <clears throat> by a little village that reminds you of Mayberry because everybody knows everybody. It's, it's mm -hmm. just charming. And I was there actually on, on the feast of the apparition, which is May 8th. And the whole town was, I mean, they had a little band in the street. They had fireworks at night. They had all sorts of special events. So. Wow, what an opportunity oh, to was. be able to be at the very place, that original yeah. uh, place. And people still go there on pilgrimage who oh, are sinners who are seeking seeking oh refuge it was hard to find a place you know to stand wow so. i think if anybody wants to put that on their bucket list that would be a, a <laughs> good thing to do is it hard to get to is it like way off i was just way? gonna say you know we talk about saint michael's sword sword and mm -hmm. and apparitions in general like the blessed mother and these places are not easy to get to and i kind of think that's by design like if only the people that are serious are going to do this, but I started off in Rome, which is 60 feet up at sea level, ended up at St. Michael's Cave, which is 2,100 feet above sea level. I took a bus that could only go so far, and then we had to switch to a van because it was hairpin turns going up to this 2,100 feet. Wow. Yeah. So it's not for the faint, faint <laughs> of heart. And when you talk about St. Michael's sword, that are that is a geographical line, right? Can you explain what that is? It's a a line, a fairly straight line that runs on the one end from Ireland to uh, on the other end Israel, and along the straight line are seven shrines that are dedicated or somehow related to St. Michael. And according to pious legend, this straight line corresponds to the blow that St. Michael struck uh, at Satan and, and uh, cast him out of heaven. I've been to two of those now. I've been to uh, Mont Saint-Michel off the coast of France and now St. Michael's Cave. All right. So how many locations are there? Do you know? In seven. Total? Oh, seven. So, so are you going to... Are you going to try to do all seven? I don't think so. <laughs> no. I wonder if people have done that. If that I'm probably they probably have. Probably. Yeah. So you mentioned that Father Peter, who's coming, is a Michaelite father. That's right. And is that um an order a specifically devoted or um to Saint this Michael? Is a, this is a religious order founded in Poland in 1887, or at least the late 19th century by uh, a priest who is who is beatified, and sorry, I I don't know his name, and the mm -hmm. Polish is is a bit difficult. Yeah. Um, and oddly enough, Pope Leo the Thirteenth was involved in the uh, found founding of this order, which has since grown, and there are chapters around the world, and they're 
Well, they have uh, education as a primary goal, but also encouraging the devotion to St. Michael. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And he's coming to the Northeast for, this is one of the first times. So we're bringing him, uh, Revive Hope and Healing is, is sponsoring his trip here. Um, we're bringing him to the Northeast probably for the first time, I think, right? That's right. Yeah. So this is kind of exciting that that we're going to have the opportunity to spend some time with him. It's, it sounds like it's going to be very, very rich. Now, I didn't realize there was a scapular. You said there's going to be an investiture of the St. Michael scapular. Can you tell us about that? Uh, it's interesting. Uh, the scapular, rather like Our Lady's brown wool scapular, has two panels, one that you wear in front and one that you wear in the rear. Um, the design varies a little bit. Some of them are shaped like a shield. Some of them are rectangular. There are two strings, of course. One is blue that invokes the Blessed Mother, oh and the God. other is black that invokes uh, Saint Michael. Uh, the one I, the one I uh, tend to wear, on the one uh, has has the image of Saint Michael, the, the swashbuckling Saint Michael, if you will. And I forget what the other image is. <laughs> But anyway, oh gosh. that sounds really neat. I never heard of that, especially yeah. again for young people. Yes. Uh, uh, I, I just I can't I can't underestimate what if we could just connect the young people with St. Michael. I know in particular a couple of young people who are struggling with mental health problems and anxiety, schizophrenia, who who really um cling to saint michael as as a as a protector sure. and um i just um i can't i'm i'm so glad we're going to have the opportunity for people to learn more and pro promote and this this oratorial contest we're hoping to really spread that and have people know that about that right and you know the beauty of that it's right, essay it's an essay contest you don't have to speak you just have to write. Okay. The, the beauty of that is, you know, we're we're um, identifying high schools, juniors and seniors who are going to embark on their life's journey, maybe off to college, maybe to the military, who knows. But if they have that sense of St. Michael with them and important in their lives, what a send off that would be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have some uh, grandchildren that, uh, well, uh, that really appreciated your first book, um, but their their exposure their exposure to St. Michael uh, changed with COVID and and the lockdown, and when when uh, the parish kind of reopened uh, after Mass, uh, the St. Michael the parish St. Michael was not instituted but reinstituted. Apparently, that used to be very very common. That's uh, right. Yeah, and and um, and you know their experience with that was it was so enriching, it it uh, it was wonderful and continues to have a positive impact on on uh, on that family that I'm familiar with and uh, it's uh, absolutely wonderful. Yeah, um, so he's the patron saint of what? Oh gosh. We're going to be here through dinner, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, if we have to be, we will well, be. Of course, you normally think of the police and and military and sometimes paramedics, but 
Uh, he is the patron saint of so many things. Um, bear with me one second. Mm -hmm. From milliners to haberdashers to ambulance drivers and grocers to scale makers, dying people, boatmen, the country of Spain, radiologists, swordsmiths, and I could go on. Wow. Yeah, he's he's a, a multifaceted saint. He's busy. A, a very popular and powerful saint. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. One of my wish list things, Bob, if, if I could, things I have in mind to try and do to raid uh, with St. Michael is to bring that prayer back to every parish in the diocese. Oh. How do you it's, do that? Uh, how, uh, I mean, the, was this an, an isolated parish that uh, uh, because of the seriousness of the times, um, was looking to St. Michael. Uh, have you heard stories of other parishes kind of reinstituting the prayer? Or? My my sense is some do and some don't, but there's no uniformity about it. Okay. Um, and and I have approached two bishops about this, and I'm undaunted. <laughs> I, I will keep going because okay. I think it's so important. Yeah. At the parish I used to belong to, again, coming back to St. Michael's, the guardian of the Eucharist, as a sacristan, it was important to me to know that he was involved in this very, very central part of our faith. And I made a, a decal to post over the um, place where you prepare the, the wine, the water, and, and the bread. You know, St. Michael, guardian of the Eucharist, pray for us. So there was top of mind awareness among the people that were going to be involved in the Mass. Um, I, I think this could really, I think this could really go places. Um, I'd like to reinstitute that prayer throughout our diocese and, and beyond. I'd like to grow the distribution of, of sacramentals, the blessed medals and, and prayer cards. This is something I started in the year 2016, just on my own. And by my count, I've distributed about 5,300 medals and God knows how many prayer cards. Um, I'd love to work with all the faith formation ministries of different ages throughout throughout the diocese. And again, to 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 make St. Michael a reality for people. I'd like to work with the chaplains of the fire and, and police departments to celebrate special occasions like graduation. There's there's special medals of St. Michael that that are geared to specific um, professions like that that I think could be very meaningful to them and to just reinforce that they're not in this fight alone yeah. you know yeah. there's somebody right at their side um along along those same lines but again this is really <laughs> this is really my far off wish list is to develop something like that or rapport like that with the archdiocese of the military you know so very good very good. You inspire me, Carol. Thank you for doing what you do. My okay. pleasure. My I pleasure. don't. I I don't think those are far off wishes. And, um, you know, you're going to persevere. You've already persevered, and we're so. I'm so grateful that you do. I think there are probably some people out there who might hear this who might want to help. Is there is there anything that, that how they could help with that mission that you have? 
You know what? We're looking for loving and willing hands to help with St. Michael chaplets. Um, our, our, my goal is to ramp up the, the, the hand making of those to have a, a good supply on hand. We go through quite a few of those at, at the men's and women's conferences. Um, I'd like to get to a point of being able to hand those out. Incidentally, in all in the years and and the thousands I've been handing these medals out, I can count on one hand the people that have refused them. Mm. So, right, absolutely. I think instinctively we know we need that extra protection and help. Yeah, I should clarify: it's Saint Michael on one side and the guardian angel on the other. Very nice. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you think that we should know about, Carol, at this point in time? You've been busy. We've got a busy year coming up. We've got things happening in this fall and then lots next year. I keep coming back to basics, the name Michael. Michael translates into who is like to God. And I think if you think about it, that's a challenge to every person. Who is who is like God in my life? Where do I direct my attention? Where do I spend my money? How? Where do I devote my energy? And really, if that's not rooted somehow in God, you know, you're kind of missing the mark there. Um, we've talked about the collaboration. I believe He has with the Blessed Mother and our guardian angels. Um, let's see, we've talked about that. He is a towering figure in salvation history and also in eschatological uh, history because there are the themes of, of life and death and judgment and heaven and hell that have been part of the history so, so far and also what we believe part of the end times. And you know what? I would like to think he has a sense of humor. <laughs> Besides being a, a fighter, like no fighter, uh, I would like to think he has a sense of humor. I would hope so. <laughs> um, when I visited St. Michael's Cave, actually it's located about 30 miles to the east of San Giovanni Rotondo, which was the home of St. Padre Pio. For the length of time he was a Capuchin friar, that's where he lived. And he would often tell people, before you come see me, you know, as the confessor, you go see him, meaning St. Michael. So, Wow, that's a pretty powerful endorsement. <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Bob, do you have any other questions that we can... Uh, one last, uh, uh, people can get your book uh, through Amazon, through... Uh, uh... It's Amazon Kindle. They can see me about it, contact me for it. Okay, okay. I have it at all the Revive, hopefully at all the Revive events. Okay, wonderful. And our website, if you go to www.revivehopeandhealing.com. Okay. Uh, there's information there. And if you're interested in helping with chaplets, that is, uh, you know, putting them together, yeah. um, 
we're working on on making that a little easier for volunteers to do. But if you have any interest at all, just call the number on our website and we'll get you in touch with Carol. Very cool. That'd be great. Thank you for joining us, Carol. Thank oh, you. my pleasure, as always. Thank you for having me. Awesome. We are grateful that you joined us today for another episode of the Mission Revive podcast. We humbly ask for your prayers as we continue in the mission entrusted to us to evangelize and revive hearts with Jesus. We would also ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor of this podcast or making a financial contribution to support this growing ministry. You can do this by visiting our website at revivehopeandhealing.com or through our Revive Hope and Healing Ministries patron page. We cannot do this without you. Thank you.